into the arms of Davis. And a superior team all season long was a superior team tonight. And the Kentucky coronation is complete. Champions 2012. Benny Snell needs five yards to break Sonny Collins' career rushing record. They give it to Benny. Straight ahead. Ten. Five. Touchdown. And a rookie record for Benny Snell Jr. of Kentucky. The All Out Kentucky Podcast. Welcome in to the All Out Kentucky Podcast. Your home for the Kentucky Wildcats basketball and football program. I am your host, AJ Bradley, and I am joined, as always, by my brother and co-host, Sam Bradley. And Sam, we're just going to cut straight to the chase. I don't think there's any point in playing around and um, extending out and drawing out any of this pain any longer. So we're gonna we're gonna dive right in. And I'm going to cut to the chase. And I just have one question for you. And it's how you feeling? Have you been able to get over what happened Saturday? Have you been able to let the anger come down a little bit? We spoke off air every day since the game. I know it's been emotional. So I just want to know how you feel, man. You know... (laughs) Thanks for bringing us in there, AJ. I'm feeling okay. I'd be lying to you if I was saying I'm feeling good. It's taken me to this point in the week to even say that I'm feeling okay. I think every other time you and I have checked in on each other throughout this week, truthfully, I just haven't felt great. I mean, it was a a gut-wrenching loss to the Ole Miss Rebels down in Oxford. Um, You know, it just basically took the wind out of our sails if i'm being honest and it it feels like the the gust of wind hasn't really come back behind us just yet you know there's a lot of optimism to still have regarding our entirety of what we can accomplish within this season um however you know that just that doesn't quite do enough for me to at least get over this initial loss to Ole Miss so you know truthfully yeah i'm still not doing great i mean there's a, a lot of raw emotion the the flesh wound is still there it hasn't healed um you know i think hopefully the internal team is feeling a little different than i am but that's how uh you know i I can only imagine what they're feeling and that's how important it is for this week to kind of just let the past be the past and obviously look forward because we've got another big sec opponent coming up on the schedule but i won't get too far ahead of myself how you feeling man yeah, you know, I think uh, in in the moment of the game and watching it, I get pretty emotionally invested. Uh, it's it's pretty hard not to. Um, but once the game's over, I kind of just let that emotion go. So I think right when it was over, I was pretty upset. But just taking a little bit of time to think about it, uh, for me, really, it it was... I wasn't like super angry and pissed off and I'm, and I'm not that way now. Um, I'm kind of more of a, it is what it is type of guy. So, um, it's, it's unfortunate. We obviously wanted to go down there and and get the W, but, but I told you this even a few days ago on Saturday, I I said that everything that we want to accomplish as a football team is still out in, in front of us. And I truly, truly do believe that, um, you learn from your mistakes you grow as the season progresses. I think we continue to get better and better every single week. You saw the incorporation of Chris Rodriguez and in the effect that that had on the offense. And, and we'll touch on that some more, but um, just some positives that I saw. So I, I kind of was, was thinking more along those lines and it's tough to lose a game like that, but to be able to go on the road and compete the way we did, um, it really told me a lot about the football team that we that we are and who we're going to be going forward. So, uh, try to keep a level head. I think we're we're on the right path. It's unfortunate you always want to continue to win and never never concede a loss. Like Mark Stoop said, you know you you 
you had sent that to me a few days ago about what he said on the radio. Um, you know, is an is an eleven win, ten win season what you're looking for? Will that be a success? And he said, No. What game do you want me to concede? You know, we're never going out there to lose. We're trying to win. So um, the expectation is to win every week, and we fell short. But um, a lot of positives I think we can take out of it. <clears throat> and so hopefully we can build upon those in the future. So I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling pretty optimistic. I may be a little bit more optimistic than the average person, um, but that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, outside of how we're feeling, I did want to get your thoughts and, you know, we want to break down the game and recap it and, and go through everything. So I think for me, um, the best place to start is by asking you, what are your biggest takeaways from the game on Saturday, either offensively, defensively, anything surrounding the game, clock management, anything like that? Just kind of what were your biggest takeaways as far as what transpired? Yeah, I think uh, now that I've had some time to digest, the initial key takeaway that I've had, AJ, as I've reflected on this game, and I actually torture myself and went back and rewatched it so you can tell how much I hate myself but uh, <laughs> but no I, I mean I think the biggest thing that I've taken away honestly AJ is some misexecution in key moments I mean truthfully um, the attention to detail was not there through the entirety of the game on Saturday and that's what really sticks out to me I mean um, you know when we broke down the game and we digest it maybe quarter by quarter there's just times where we just didn't have the attention to detail we weren't locked in um and when you're on the road against an sec west opponent in the top 15 in the country i mean there's there's not enough leeway and room for error and we had those errors and they made us pay and ultimately i think that you know obviously for all of us the thing that hurts us the most is that despite us not having our best game despite us in all all honesty outplaying the rebels on saturday we still lost that game and that's where everything kind of unfolded to me and that's where i had to really reflect and say okay where did we go wrong and you know you can point to this or that, you know, the miscues early in on our defensive end. Obviously, in the first quarter, we had some big plays of chunk downs go against us on the on the ground, obviously. You can point to that. You can point to the strip fumble there at the end by Will Levis. I mean, you can point here and there, but I think it, it's more just the overall arching theme that we didn't lock in and we didn't have our attention to detail, especially in key moments um, as of – late in the second second quarter, as in late in the game. I mean, I think that's really when we, we kind of fell apart. But there's some other key takeaways. I mean, obviously, when you look at the breakdown of the game, AJ, we had a pretty leveled rushing attack versus air attack. Um, I, I think that is a key takeaway. I think, um, truthfully, I know BBN, I have saw all over Twitter, all over uh, media, that a lot of BBN has expressed that they don't feel as though Chris Rodriguez got the ball enough. You know, he got 19 carries. I think given that's his first game back, y'all, we really got to pump the brakes there. Even Mark Stoops said after the game that he was pretty winded. There's a difference between riding the bike, AJ, for an hour and actually getting out there and getting hit every play. So um, I was actually happy with the amount of carries. I know we probably would have liked to see him maybe get an attempt there at the end of the game to try to rush it. But, um, you know, the air attack is what got us down there into the red zone. So I, I'm not really going to critique that too much, especially with the thought in the back of my mind that we did throw that game-winning touchdown. It worked. We just, again, lack of attention to detail. Um, but that was another key takeaway, especially going into this next week and moving forward. I really liked just our ground attack mixed in with our air attack. Uh, I still think there's more to iron out there, especially as you know, Rich Gangarello kind of gets his feet wet with now two lethal weapons on the offense. Um, you know, so that's going to be definitely something I keep my eyes towards. You know, 72 yards for Chris Rodriguez, like I said before in the preview, I thought if we got 100 yards out of him, we probably won that game. I, I think, truthfully, that's where we we missed a couple key opportunities. He, he only broke one for his highest of 10 yards. So that's, 
you know, I'd rather see us get an explosive play, but maybe that's just not what we're going to be able to do with that offensive line and our tight ends and wide receivers blocking. So, um, you know, definitely something that we got to keep our eyes on. But overarching, I think those are a couple of the key takeaways for me. How about you, man? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think it's it's very obvious that um, the mistakes in certain situations, so I will say situational football in which we came up short, and, you know, you can say, well, oh, well, we scored the touchdown and they we got a flag. Well, it's a game of seconds, it's a game of inches, it's a game of milliseconds, and, you know, you wait a half a second longer and you win the game. And, you know, it's it's plays like that where you can complain about it, but at the end of the day, like, we should have never put ourselves in that situation. We should have had control of that game. You miss a field goal, mm-hmm. you have a blocked extra point, you have a botched extra point, Um. So those that's five points on the board plus a safety that didn't need to be taken. So that's seven points right there, right? Yep. And so we're down at the end of the game by three. three. Um, You connect on the big pass um, on third down. You're thinking, okay, worst case, we're going to overtime, right? And so it's plays like that that really just leave you scratching your head, right? And so... I think that's the most glaring and evident thing, and that would be easy to just pound to death um but i think those are some growing pains that we inevitably are gonna have to endure and i think people just need to be a little bit patient with that if we just put this into context a little bit um you know will levis is a guy who we clearly the coaching staff the fans me and you specifically have a lot of faith in and this is a kid who came in here, <clears throat> excuse me, and is now dealing with his second offensive coordinator in two seasons. He's had to work with somebody different every single year he's been into college, completely flipped schools to come over to Kentucky. A completely different cast of receivers, young guys this year than he had last year, not dealing with his star running back for the first four games of the season with a completely different offensive line. There's a lot of things, and we've we've been kind of hinting at this all along when we say there's a lot of moving parts. And I just want people to understand that it's game five this season, and some of these things are going to happen along the way as we continue to grow. But like I said, I think that brings me to where my biggest takeaway is, and, and that's the improvement in the progress that I saw on Saturday outside of all the bad things that happened. I just kind of wanted to focus on the things that I thought we did really well. And you, you, you really could see the difference that Chris Rodriguez made in our offense. I'd have to go back and count exactly how many times, but almost I'd say like, Seven to ten of Chris Rodriguez's nineteen runs, he was hit at or behind the line of scrimmage and still ended up getting three to four yards out of it. Um, you kind of touched on the fact that he didn't have a huge explosive run, but he did what we had needed him to do. And a lot of that game, I mean, everyone who watched it, you saw the pace at which Ole Miss played. Okay, their offense just goes 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 and you saw we got tripped up a few times couldn't get the play calls in things like that where it kind of tripped us up but overall once we adjusted to that our defense really held in there and and played some good football so and we, we we can get to that but um a lot of what we needed to do on offense was to be able to hand the ball off and go on some longer drives to keep our defense on the bench and give them time to rest, to be able to go out there, especially when you got a guy like Jacquez Jones who goes down multiple times and ends up leaving the game and missing the entire second half. You're already missing J.J. Weaver. So you're getting a little thin there, and this team is playing at a completely frenetic pace on the other side of the football. So being able to run the football was absolutely crucial in being able to slow the game down Give them less possessions 
and give ourselves a chance to win that football game. And that's exactly what we did. So I love that in that we were able to run the ball on Ole Miss, even when they kind of knew we wanted to run the football. Um, so I thought that was a big improvement in that area as opposed to the first couple of games of the season. I mean, almost just night and day with him back there and being able to actually have some sustained success on the ground. Um, Barry and Brown, just what an absolute game changer, man. And I think it's very clear that we need to continue to find ways to get the football in this guy's hands. I mean, he... I mean, he almost won that game for us. You think about the the kick return he has. He's gone. He trips over uh, one of our own guy's feet as he cuts across the field, and he's gone for a touchdown, and that changes the game. So a lot of missed opportunities. Again, a lot of really good things. Um, and then, I, uh, again, I'll, another thing that I wanted to just touch on, then, Sam, I'll throw it back to you. Um, but that was the defense, man. I thought the first half was a little bit shaky there. Um, you almost felt like the game could spiral out of control there. Um, after the first couple drives, just the way they were moving the ball, it looked like we couldn't quite keep up with it. Um, but give Brad White and that defense a lot of credit. Those guys hung in there tough. They started to slow down Ole Miss. I mean, outside of the big runs where we really just kind of missed some gaps, um, we're a little bit late um, in, in being able to stop those for short gains and they turned into big plays. Outside of that, I thought we did a, a very good job of limiting their run game, um, forcing them into known passing situations. They got away with it a little bit at the beginning of the game. They did not get away with it in the second half. And I mean, that's kind of been our MO with locking people down in the second half. We did it again. Our defense gave our offense a chance to go out and win that football game. Again, unfortunately, just just could not make enough plays on the offensive side of the ball. But those were kind of my biggest three takeaways, man, just being able to establish that run, Barry and Brown, and then the continued defensive effort, even with losing two absolute studs at linebacker uh, with J.J. Weaver and Jacquez Jones. That defense hung in there and, and played really tough, so I, I give them a lot of credit. Um, I will throw it back to you, my friend, if you wanted to touch on any of those things or if you wanted to go in a different direction. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the way you kind of gave us a spin zone. I mean, there don't get me wrong, it's not all dark and gloom. We, we did have a lot. Um, to take away that was uh, – and the good, obviously, A.J., we, we didn't do everything poorly on Saturday. There was a lot of great execution. Um, realistically, you hinted on it, but I think the game comes down to that first quarter and just our defense not being prepared, which uh, that that's probably what made me most upset, A.J., is because we knew the type of offense that Ole Miss plays with and how quick their tempo is. We knew that. All week we should have been practicing against that, getting our play calls in, making our adjustments. You don't have time to substitute when they're doing hurry-up offense. And, you know, both their touchdowns, A.J., I watched it happen, as did everyone. We were trying to make an adjustment from our safety, making the play call, and boom, they snap the ball, they run it straight up the middle, and we're not set. Two plays, two plays. Quinshawn Junction's obviously busts through the gap and scores those touchdowns. And it's just, it's difficult for me because we should have had our attention to detail set all week on that offense and having our play calls get in quickly. They score 14 points in the first quarter. And then from there, AJ, you're absolutely right. There's a lot of great things to take away for our defense moving forward. We let them score eight points the rest of the game two of which, obviously, A.J., were from a safety. So two field goals and a safety. So our defense gives up six points the rest of the game against what everyone's calling one of the best run games in all of college football, other than a couple of really long runs like that touchdown by Junkins. I mean, our defense was stout, and like you said, they were bleeding out, and they're going to probably be hurt and depleted going forward. But clearly, Brad White made the adjustments. And I knew that. We were texting during the game, AJ, and we said we're an adjustment team. Despite not playing well and being down 19-12 to 12 at half, I felt confident. I, I really did, and I'm, I'm sure you did as well, because we did, and we came out, we made those adjustments, and our defense was stout. 
and we didn't let them have those large chunk plays like they did in the first half. We were getting our play calls in quicker. I liked what we were seeing. Um, so realistically, it, it comes down to that first quarter for me. I wish we could just throw that out the window. You play one more quarter, I'm positive that we walk away with a W without that first quarter and it, you know, in the first half. But it is what it is. We, we got to learn from it. Um, I think aside from that, you're absolutely right. Barry and Brown was absolutely electric. We got to get the ball in his hands. I'm going to be surprised if teams even remotely try to kick to him anymore. There was, there was Rebel fans, AJ, I was hopping on Twitter, saying that they were pissed off that Lane Kiffin was even choosing to kick it. They would rather him kick it out of bounds and let us get the ball at the 35-yard line because we're, we know we're going to get a 60- to 80-yard return out of Barry and Brown. So, I mean, and you even saw it there on our last drive. You get the ball into his hands on a short down play, and he just busts it. So I, I absolutely agree. we got to find ways to be cre- creative and get the ball into his hands. And not even more so him, AJ, just our playmakers. I mean, we've got some lethal weapons on offense. I really need this offense to take a step, AJ. We were healthy. We were balanced in our attack on Saturday against the Rebels. I want it to be lethal. We're on the cusp, AJ, but... We've got a freaking lethal offense. It doesn't look like it is right now. It, we're right there. We've got lethal plays. But, gosh, for who we have on offense with our wide receiver core, with Chris Rodriguez back, and with arguably the best quarterback in college football, you would like to be seeing more than 19 points be scored. That's that's a key takeaway for me, AJ. Um, but at the same point that you made, it feels like we are getting there. We're getting better. We're learning. Obviously, like you said, there's a lot to consider when we're talking about Will Levis and obviously Rich Gangarello, first year together. I know he brings in a lot of the same packages that we ran with last year, um, but now we've got Chris Rodriguez back, and we've got to find out how to have those explosive plays both on the ground and through the air by making the defenses we're going up against question what we're going to do on every single down. They're going to be thinking run. No, we had him play action. It's stuff like that that on Saturday we we just didn't quite, in my opinion, throw enough at Ole Miss to confuse them. Like you said, they probably knew that we were trying to get the run game going, and I I applaud the offense and Rich Gangarello. They didn't abandon it. Despite it not working early on, they didn't abandon it, and it did end up opening up some opportunities for that offense. Um, but – you know, I, I'd rather see, obviously, a little more production and creativity out of that offense. So hopefully that's something quickly approaching us on the horizon. Yeah, so um, that kind of leads me into, into the next question that I wanted to ask you because I felt like we did take a step forward as far as our offense goes. And I just kind of wanted to get your opinion on what you thought the next step is for this offense like what do you see as the next step for this offense because I think I know what I what it what it looks like and so I kind of wanted to see what you thought and then uh I'll I'll give my two cents after there yeah no you you bring up a good question um I honestly think AJ the next step for the Kentucky Wildcats offense has to be we put the ball in Will Levis's hands and we let him dictate our offense. I know that's been to this point. That's all we've been able to do because obviously we haven't had our powerful back in Chris Rodriguez. What I'm trying to say, and I'm not saying don't utilize Chris Rodriguez. What I'm saying moving forward, you've got potentially a top three, top five pick in next year's draft, AJ you got to trust him. And Mark Stoops even said, I wouldn't trade this guy for anyone in the entire country. Then show it in the play calls, okay? What I mean by that is we know that our offensive line, our tight ends, our wide receivers are not doing their job and giving enough time for Will Levis to pick apart a defense. Fine. Let's make the adjustment. Give the ball in Will Levis's hands and let him get it out quick. Let him be that decisive, 
meticulous quarterback that he is. He makes the smart pass nine times out of ten, AJ. And I want him to show that he's the decision maker, he's the captain of our offense. Because don't get me wrong, I want to see Chris Rodriguez rumble and tumble and open up that defense for us so we can go through the air. But truthfully, I mean, I I think our next step is showing that we have full faith in Will Levis. Let him shake off the rust of fumbling and losing that game. That's not on him. It's not. Let's be more creative in our offense. One thing that really sticks out to me, AJ, we saw last year just some explosive opportunities out of Will Levis to do it with his feet. Maybe it's because of his high stock value in the draft, AJ, so they're trying to protect him a little more. But when we look at his rushing attempts this year, AJ, there's nothing there. He had four yards on Saturday. There was design plays to where we know we can protect him and he can rush. I mean, that guy is 225 pounds, AJ, 6'3". Let him use his physicality to go create some offense for us when we can't get anything else going. I mean, that's that's just one more example, in my opinion, AJ, where we need to get the ball in his hands and let him make plays for us, whether that be on the ground, whether that be through the air. But I, I just I don't see enough, and it's not him right now. It's not that he's not performing. He's doing everything that he can. I still have full faith. I just think that's our next step. How about you? Yeah, I think I mean I'm basically along the same lines as you. I thought you put that pretty well. Um, I think the next step in our offense is really just figuring out a way in which to get the ball out quickly and effectively. Um, personally, I just, I just feel that a lot of the, the, a lot of the times I feel like, you know, they're saying, Oh, well, Will's holding on to the ball a little bit too long and stuff like that. I, I get that. But, um, I don't know. Some of the, some of the route concepts to me just seem like they're taking a little bit too long to develop. Um, obviously when you're looking at, um, running some play action and, uh, you want to throw some deep shots and things like that, you need to, you need to have time and protection to let those things develop. Um, we've seen five games. We've now seen Chris Rodriguez come back. I'm not saying that the offensive line can't get any better. I'm just saying that I would be shocked if they just took some massive, massive leap for the rest of the season. I think we've kind of, we kind of know where we are in that department. Um, obviously there's room for improvement. Um, but knowing what we know now, you know, maybe some of those longer routes and things like that don't need to necessarily be a part of this offense until the opportunity presents itself. And what I mean by that is, I'm not saying don't take the long route out of the passing concept. That's not what I'm saying. Um, But maybe just kind of like you don't have to take that shot. Like I know it's there, but, you know, we need to run some more more concepts and some more routes to just get that ball out quickly because we have the talent at wide receiver. And you saw with the screen game in Chris Rodriguez, and I think that's also a part of of this of this quick passing attack, um, just these more shorter, efficient throws. I mean, he's been, Will has been money on short to intermediate throws all year. Very accurate, getting the ball out on time. Um, so I think just being able to get that ball in those playmakers' hands and kind of letting them be able to create after the catch and do a lot of those things, um, because once you can start to do that, you get a defense that's going to start pressing up and pressing mm-hmm. up and pressing up. And then that's when you hit them with the deep shots. And I think that maybe we can be a little bit more efficient as far as that goes within the passing attack. And I think that's that next level because once you once you just start picking them apart like that, I mean, I'm not drawing comparisons here and don't go all crazy, but... You watch Tom Brady, okay, and I understand he's the best. But what what does he do when you watch him play? Some some games he's not going out there and throwing for 500 yards and five touchdowns or whatever the case may be, and he's not just throwing deep shots all over the field. 
he will pick you apart with a slot receiver and a running back, okay? And he will tell his outside receivers and tight ends, I need you blocking. And then there's going to be plays where, you know, you have an option route and, you know, we'll get you open or this and that. But a lot of it is just drop back, get the ball out quickly, right? And it's kind of methodically moving down the field. Um, And I think even our receivers have the option to be able to bust some of those plays wide open just because of their athleticism and speed. Um, But I think that's kind of the next step in our offense is just that, that short passing attack that I think can really kind of lull people to sleep and can start to open up some, some really big things in our passing game. And, uh, yeah, I think just it's it's that consistency, man. You know, mm-hmm. it's in you've seen it every single game, and we've come on here and said the same thing after four wins, and and now a loss. But it's always like, you know, there's just a few plays here and there that if we clean up, the game's totally different, and you know, we walk out of there as. 40 point victors or whatever. I'm not saying that would have happened in the old miss game, but right. you know, a few things go different ways and you know, we're up by a couple scores in the fourth quarter in that game. And so it's just kind of interesting, but yeah, I think that's, that's kind of where our offense needs to head. And we're not going to forget about Chris Rodriguez. We're going to run the football because the man clearly showed an ability to, be pretty effective out there and Mm -hmm. should only get better and stronger as the year goes on. So that was encouraging to see. I think just being able to incorporate all those sorts of things into the offense and and become more efficient because we're Mm -hmm. we're really going to need it going forward. No, I I like the way you worded that. That's kind of where I was getting at, but I think you kind of eloquently brought that all together. And I think AJ and I are both absolutely saying that, Chris Rodriguez is extremely vital to our offense and we're not trying to say we need to utilize him less because we need that rushing attack to open up these opportunities. But those plays is also worked into the scheme that AJ is exactly talking about. And I couldn't agree more. The more you can move them on first and second down through the run, those short down distances, that's when we can get the ball out quickly. So I I absolutely love the scheme that you're talking about, AJ, and I'd love to see a little more of it. Um, You know, it's it's tough because I think we all sit here, AJ, and it felt like we were on the precipice of something great. I mean, a win on the road against an SEC West opponent, we were on the cusp of probably a top five team in the nation and really earning the respect out of everyone. I feel like there's still so many glaring eyes on us saying Kentucky in the top 10, like, Oh, just wait for them to lose. And I think that's what hurt us the most. Honestly, AJ on Saturday was just, we were that close and couldn't quite close it. But I argue at the same point, we didn't do enough to win that game. So let's bounce back and let's be actually, on our toes and know that we are still being hunted aj we are the 13th team in the country we are being hunted weekend and week out everything that you talked about like you said aj is out in front of us we can still have an incredible year in which we control our destiny in which going into that georgia game at the end of the year is one of the biggest games in this program's history so let's keep fighting and get better each week. There's these things that we've talked about that we've got to work on, but there is, at the same time, a lot to take away from that loss on Saturday that are going to benefit benefit us greatly moving forward. And, I mean, the last thing I'll say, AJ, is honestly, it feels so good to have Chris back. It's, I mean, just seeing him get hit play after play and somehow come away with those three, four, five, six, ten yard gains is absolutely incredible. He is going to be special. I think he's not the fix all for us, but I, I really do think, you know, him even getting one game under his belt is about to open up a, a lot of things for this offense. hundred percent, Sam. And I'm glad you kind of went that direction right there because, um, you know, I started off this this whole conversation um, earlier with talking about 
it being extremely emotional, the game on Saturday, the letdown, just everything that went into it, and the team, I'm sure, has felt the very similar emotions with the disappointment and in, in being that close to victory on Saturday and then having to make the trip home back to Lexington and, and go back to work. And you listen to our opponent this weekend in South Carolina and they've got people saying, oh, you know, Kroger Field, that ain't no place. It's It ain't tough to play there. And they've quietly been playing a little bit better football the last couple of weeks and Spencer Rattler is getting a little bit more comfortable within that offense and so they're a very confident group and you know they're smelling blood after they just watched us go down at Ole Miss so it is absolutely apparent for them to stay focused and to not let one loss in one bad moment define your season and and let it take you someplace that you don't want to go let this be a learning experience you come back this week, you prepare even harder, even sharper, you communicate even better, and you go out there and you have a really nice performance on Saturday and you get yourselves back on track because Sam touched on it. Logistically, realistically, whatever you want to say, let's look at this. Every single thing that this football team wanted to accomplish is still out ahead of them, okay? It's a loss against an SEC West opponent, all right? We're 1-0 within our own division right now with the big road win at Florida. So we've had two road SEC games, right? Both top 25 opponents. One in Ole Miss that by week five has gotten a lot better since they were in week one and will continue to get better. And that was not an easy environment to go into. And we... We, we hung tough. We had a lot of grit. We had a lot of determination and just the resiliency of going down, having things not bounce our way, and the team just never, ever gave up at any point and fought all the way till the very end. So you got to absolutely love the spirit about that, and that gives you the confidence and the faith to know that they're going to bounce back in a big way. So we got South Carolina. We'll deal with them, all right? And then, you know, we really just, boom, the meat of the rest of the SEC schedule. But you've got some tough opponents. Obviously, you brought up Georgia and, and before that, Mississippi State and Tennessee. I mean, I, I'm mm-hmm. not going to sit here and and try to say um, and try to act like it is it is what it is. And it is what it is. Those are our two most important games coming up. Like, we all know it. All right. Mississippi State is a good team. I've watched them play multiple times this year. They are a good football team, and that's not going to be an easy football game, all right? And so then you got a Tennessee team that's getting a little bit better, getting a little bit better. They're humming on offense. And so, you know, those are big games. But like I said, it's all right there in front of us. You take care of these next games, and you go out there and win those. Whether you won this Ole Miss game or not, you take care of these next opponents, you go into that game against Georgia, and it's winner goes to the SEC championship game, right? So nothing that we want to accomplish as a team is gone because of that loss. So we don't need to act like the world's falling on its head, okay? It's tough to go on the road and win in the SEC, especially Ole Miss, man. That place was rocking. BBN was awesome. They were awesome, though. You they could, were awesome. You, you could hear the chants from, from my living room. It was amazing. And me and you were texting back and forth about it. It was awesome to hear the Go Big Blue in the stands. And that was amazing. But even with them there, that is a tough place to go play, man. And those fans were going nuts. And they're playing at a million miles an hour. And like I said... We hung in tough, man. We didn't get it done, but everything we want is on the horizon. There's no there's no holding our heads. There's there's no pouting. We didn't win the game, right? So we go back to work and let's continue to get better. And and I think we will. I have full confidence. We've been saying that all year, but uh you know, we haven't had to deal with a loss yet. And 
we're going to learn a lot about our football team going forward. That's for we're, sure. We're That's exactly what we're going to do. A lot about this team, AJ. A lot. I mean, you let this one loss define your season. That's going to tell us a lot. I mean, we have to bounce back all focus on South Carolina this weekend. I'll be there, and I want BBN to be the loudest they have ever been under the lights. Time to absolutely show South Carolina who has dominated them for the last 10 years who their big brother is, okay? We absolutely need to get back on track and keep this train moving because there's no stopping us, AJ. We control our destiny, and you're absolutely right. There's a lot of big opponents coming up, but none bigger than South Carolina under the lights this upcoming Saturday. And we'll we'll obviously unfold that game for you guys, but there's a lot to pay attention to. But it can't be a letdown spot. I mean, that's the theme right there. You said it. There's blood in the water. Let's pick ourselves up off the mat and let's respond. That, that's exactly what we have to do regardless of how we have to break down this game and the X's and O's, doesn't matter. You're the better team. Get up, get off that mat, and throw haymakers on Saturday in your own barn and let BBN go crazy for you. You got it, Sam. And uh, yes, we will be back in a few days. We will have another episode out for you guys bright and early. Saturday morning for game day against South Carolina. We will be previewing the game, breaking it down, um, talking about the spread, the over-under, having some fun with that. We'll definitely have a a better two for you guys for the day. But most importantly, like I said, we will be breaking down that game against South Carolina, giving you all the matchup advantages all the ins and outs, the X's and O's, and that will be Saturday morning. Before we get out of here, we're going to switch on over for a little bit and just talk about some basketball news. And very exciting stuff, honestly. Um, In case you did not see, which it would have been hard not to, uh, unless you don't have the internet, um... Or your internet went out. Internet went out for a few days, but yes, they did release the schedule for this season's basketball team. And oh man, it's a doozy! I have uh, had a fun time the last twenty-four hours or so, just kind of going through this, getting excited about some of the different matchups and whatnot. And so, um, I think that. You know, we don't need to go through the entire thing, but I guess I just wanted to, to highlight a few different matchups with you, Sam, and um, and just kind of get us a little bit excited about some of these games that are, are going to be happening here pretty shortly and then throughout the next couple of months and throughout the winter. Um, biggest game at the beginning of the season is, is versus Michigan State in that Champions Classic. I... Uh, Personally, don't think Michigan State's going to be the caliber of team that they've been previously. I think this might be a year where um, they may struggle a little bit more than normal. But also, but also, Tom Izzo, legendary coach, he normally has them extremely well coached and disciplined. So that should be a, a nice test early on, just to kind of see where we're at. And they'll kind of measure up to uh, I think it will be more of a measuring up for Michigan State to kind of see where they are as opposed to one of the better top teams in the country but again will kind of show us like hey where where are we as opposed to a a team like Michigan State at the beginning of the season Um, and then I mean less than a week later you you got a big matchup with Gonzaga which is pretty awesome to see I I think that'll be a really cool fun one it'll be on ESPN Um, we'll have a lot of eyes watching uh, it'll, it'll be cool to see those two schools go to battle. I don't, I can't really, you know, we, we don't do battle with them, so it, it'll be, it'll be really interesting, Sam. I think that'll be a fun way to, to kick off the season with a team in Michigan state. You get to play every couple years in the champions classic and then a totally new opponent in, uh, Gonzaga. And then, um, we got a Michigan game out in London, uh, early December, December fourth, actually, and that that game was supposed to happen, I think, two years ago, um, and COVID canceled that, so we're finally getting that series going with Michigan. Should be a, 
a really cool event out there in London uh, to play Michigan. Two iconic brands, two iconic coaches, um, a lot of talent out on the court, so that, that'll be cool. Um, those are just some of the games at the beginning of the season. We also got UCLA there in December before we get to Christmas. So uh, those are those are kind of some of the games that are, that jump out at you right on the screen. Uh, what other games kind of caught your attention, Sam? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously we, we get out to a hot start with Michigan State and Gonzaga, and there's already a little bad blood in the air between uh, BBN and uh, Gonzaga's faithful because uh you know we put that on our schedule aj as a an away game uh and gonzaga put that as a neutral site game for those of you that maybe don't know uh it's not actually going to be on the zags home court however it is going to be five miles down the road um so if you will it's a home game for them i mean obviously they don't have to have their fans travel they don't have to wake up in a different bed it's a home game if you will but it's been funny to see them go back and forth on twitter hating on each other one saying it's an away game one saying it's a neutral site so you know it's fun to see them going at it you touched on some of the other games michigan ucla early in december it's it's everything you want, obviously, and then we got to wait a little while because we get into the mashed potatoes of the schedule of the SEC, which is going to be a gauntlet, but then on the, the tail end of it, obviously, we've got Kansas, and uh, that's been a, a really fun matchup. Obviously, you and I had the opportunity to go to Lawrence last year. Um, you know, we'll, we'll likely be in Lexington for that game so to welcome the Kansas faithful to obviously our barn. So I, I'm excited for that one. That one definitely sticks out. Obviously it's well later into the season, late January um, for that game. But you know, this, this season, what sticks out to me, AJ is we are 110% going to be battle tested. Um, when I look at it as a whole, it makes me excited, but also a little nervous because um once we get to March Madness, we will have, like I said, been battle-tested. We have gone through the gauntlet at that point, played probably 10-plus, 15-plus top 25 teams throughout the season, if not top 10 teams throughout the season, AJ. There's going to be some great opponents that we have to go up against. We're going to be ready to roll for March. But, obviously, as history has showed, a number one seed is the most likely to win March Madness year in and year out. And I just want to make sure that obviously these boys uh, put themselves for the best path possible. Um, I still think given the schedule that we have, AJ, I'm fully confident that we can come out with a one seed going into March Madness, but definitely some key takeaways early on from just digesting this, uh, this exciting schedule from obviously releasement yesterday. Yeah, I think John Calipari has always done a good job of of scheduling games and and some tough opponents, especially in the non non conference earlier on in the season. Um, being able to to get us some games in which he knows are going to be high intensity and and more of that um, tournament feel. But the way that the SEC has been um, going lately honestly i mean it like you said it's it's a gauntlet now man it's 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 tough it's physical there's no gimmies going on the road is extremely tough um so you know you just hope that everyone can stay healthy throughout the course of the season and and that we can be in a good spot heading into march but i i i do i love it a lot of a lot of fun matchups it gives the fans a lot to look forward to um some newer, some new games, some teams we haven't played, some some foes that we have seen in the past to to continue to ignite those rivalries and, and the fun that goes back and forth between the fan bases. Um, so it, it it should be awesome. It's it's getting here, man. I mean, we are we are close. We are close to some basketball. It's going to be here very shortly. It's gearing up. I mean, you see the NBA preseason, you see college basketball, the schedules are being released, they're practicing, a lot of stuff popping up everywhere, getting ready for the season. So we are super excited around this part of town. 
because Kentucky should have a great team again. Oscar Sheboy's back. The freshmen coming in are great. We've broken all this down over the summer, but we'll dive all back into it. Um, but yeah, we just wanted to touch on the schedule a little bit for for you guys tonight. Um, Sam, is there anything else that you wanted to share with our listeners tonight? Any concerns? Any little nuggets of The last little nugget truth. I'll give you is just we have a huge weekend coming up. Obviously, there's a massive game, but we have about 10 four-star recruits that are going to be in Kroger Field watching the Kentucky Wildcats take on the Gamecocks. So let's hope for an absolute incredible atmosphere. Let's hope for a big performance from Big Blue Nation um, because we've got a lot of great talent that's going to be in attendance. Hopefully, this is an atmosphere that can kind of close maybe some of these um, recruitments out and get these guys signed. So, I mean, it, that's we'll, we'll kind of dive into some of these names, but a lot of four stars, um, some wide receivers, some offensive tackles, some linebackers. I mean, it, it's spread out. I won't kind of dive too deeply into the weeds with you guys, obviously, but um, it's something to know. I mean, we hopefully have an opportunity to really show them a hell of a crowd and what Kroger Field is actually capable of, especially under the lights against an SEC opponent. So that's definitely something to, to keep our eyes on. Beautiful, Sam. I absolutely love it. It's a big weekend in Lexington. It's a bounce-back weekend in Lexington. Um, let's get out of Dodge tonight, and uh, we'll be back in about 48 hours or so get this done again and, and get another episode out for you guys to preview the South Carolina game on Saturday night at Kroger Field. Thank you for your time again tonight. Thank you for everyone for listening, for tuning in, for supporting us, and for supporting the Kentucky Wildcats. We will see you next time. Have a good night, my friend. See y'all. There's only one thing left to say. O-C-A-T-S, cats, cats, cats. The All Out Kentucky Podcast.